Simply Audio podcast number two. Key jingle. <laughs> so like uh, today, like we're here with Sean. Now, Sean, if you could, like, uh, if someone would ask you, what do you do for a living? What do you tell them? Well, I tell them that I'm a sound engineer. And the problem is, when you tell people you're a sound engineer, think, they immediately think, oh, you're a DJ. Oh, so you're a DJ. <laughs> and then, then I'm like... Okay, where do I start? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can imagine. So, like, uh, how long have you been doing this? I started my studies in sound engineering um, in 2010. When the Soccer World Cup was happening, right? Mm. Uh, so, what here are we in now? We're in 2015, mm. so it's 2010. You can count that as one here. 11, 12, 13, 14, six, six years, basically. Okay, cool. And like, uh, like I've seen you play drums. Yes. <laughs> and you're quite tight, in my opinion. <laughs> um, like, uh, like uh, do you have like a, a musical background? Uh, no, not actually. My family is not musical. Mm. Uh, actually, my dad used to play piano. He used to take piano lessons. And apparently my grandfather, you know, used to play drums. Um, but... They, that's that's basically where they stopped. Uh, mm. That's it. So no formal. I, I don't have any formal musical mm, background mm, mm, as well. That's yeah. cool. But you play drums quite well. I actually, I actually <laughs> um, learned myself. You know, in in church. That's very cool. Yeah, I I used to watch the drummer and I I'd, I'd kind of count like one, two, three, four. You know, I heard <laughs> someone say you have to count. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I can see kind of a pattern here: one, two, three, four. And then I'd just sit behind the drums, you know, with my right hand, play the hi-hat. One, two, three, four. Even though I was playing eighth notes, I was counting one, two, three, four. <laughs> and I saw the drummer play, you know, kind of two and four on the, on the snare. So I just started with the basic beat. Do, do, ka. Yeah. Do, do, ka. <laughs> That's how I learned myself. And like, how long have you been playing drums? Uh, I think I started at 16. Mm. Right, you know, that's the age, you know, when you start your band in high school and stuff. So, yeah, I started at 16. Uh, my math okay, cool. is failing me now. So, it's 16, 17, 18, 19. So, basically nine years. Now. Nine years. But, cool. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not where I want to be with my Like, what inspired you to get into the audio industry? Uh, actually, everything started in church, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I first actually started out doing the sound. Uh, you know, this you know this small lighty, you know, working at youth, and uh, and then my passion for drums started. So I kind of shifted, you know, the um, the audio one side. But my true passion actually started when I when I um, worked in Maranoth Record Company. Oh really? Yeah, and uh, I didn't work in the studio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you can ask basically anyone. Uh, um, uh, I used to work in the IT department, right? And the IT, IT office moved, and literally my office where I sat, there was a window, and I always looked down into the studio. Oh, cool. <laughs> and I decided, you know what, I want to be in that studio. You know, So that's where my whole passion kind of you know, evolved, and I really decided this is what I want to do for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like, uh, do you mainly work in the studio as a music, with music? Yes, yes. Um, I used to do live sound. Actually, I'm doing a live sound gig this weekend. <laughs> but I'm more focused on studio. Mm-hmm. Definitely more focused on studio. Yeah, I was like, I'd, like tell people, you know, like, like I'm actually like working in the studio, but like, like I do live sounds too. 
I like makes life sound too pay the bills, you know, because it's a you know, it's a very easy way to make money if you have a little idea what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, I, I definitely um, I made it clear that I want to you know focus on studio. It's mm-hmm. my main goal. I just love the environment you're in. Uh, just love the way the studio looks. You know, when you walk into a studio, it's always impressive. Mm. I, I just love the idea of studio. Okay, and and you mainly work with music. Uh, mainly work with music, yes. Um, although I'm, I'm kind of branching into other um, is it avenues, if I can yeah. say it like that, uh, more the electronics avenue. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I could definitely like get to that later. Okay. That's, <laughs> I'm very like interested in that because like I, like 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 that's like mainly like a like a part I don't have much experience in, but you always want like like it's very interesting, you know, it's like building stuff. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> so like uh, you went to AC, is that correct? Yes, mm. AC. And how long did you spend there? Uh, I did the the two year diploma. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually, you know, our, our group of students. Uh, we were the last students that did the two year diploma. Um, the other intake um, had you know, the curriculum changed and everything. So now for diploma, you have to do three years. Mm. So I needed my two year diploma. Mm. Okay, cool. And like, uh, what kind of subjects like did you have on a day to day basis? Uh, the subjects, um, if I remember correctly, now is capturing sound. Mm-hmm. With the legendary Gerrit. Nice. Uh, yeah, Gerrit is one of the lecturers that used to lecture us. Awesome guy. Uh, capturing sound, and we had some maths. Uh, we had electronics with Harry, mm. who's now in New Zealand. And we had digital audio with Andrew. And uh, we had music law with Nick. Okay. Freaking awesome guy. <laughs> and then obviously we had Pro Tools. We had music theory. Mm-hmm. Too useful. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. Uh, what else? Jeez, I, I think at one stage I counted like ten subjects, ten mm-hmm. twelve subjects. I can't remember them all. Yeah, and yeah. and like uh, you did quite well in school, like yeah. at yeah. ASE. Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, if if we had twelve subjects, I got ten distinctions for the twelve. Mm. Um, the only subject that I didn't get a distinction in was music law. Mm. You know, like, <laughs> man, you know, probably like not the easiest. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, it's not that. It's um, it was a lot of study work, you know? mm-hmm. it's like ah. And I can't remember the other subject. I think I just missed my music theory. I think I got like seventy-eight for my music theory. So yeah, I okay, cool, get a cool. distinction for mm-hmm. that. And like, uh, if you're like working like with a band in the studio, like, do you mainly work like from an engineering perspective or like more from a production, like a production like perspective, or like uh, a mix of both, no. or like, like, do you only like see yourself like as a new, only as a producer, or, like mix of both, mixing it up? You know, because I don't have a formal music background, mm-hmm. um, I tend to focus more on the technical aspect of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. more engineering. Um, I worked with a band called the Gimme Pigs, mm. and um, I. I won't say I produced them, but I kind of gave them ideas in the studio. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Like uh, the producer, or if you say like you produced that record, like it's extremely wide term, you know, like uh, it's very, like like it's not like something like set in stone, like it's it's really like flexible word, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So. yeah if, if I think of a producer, I, I think of someone like Denim, mm-hmm. you know, um, that actually works with the music, you know. Yeah, yeah. Give, uh, um, you know, a direction of, of where the sound should go, you know, we'll physically work with the notes, mm-hmm. work out harmonies and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not really good at, at working out harmonies and stuff. My, that's my music theory mm. fails. And like, uh, have you ever like worked for a producer? Like, like we'd be like two like behind the console, like a producer and engineer. Uh, I won't say that. Um, 
But I actually I assisted Neil Cooney oh, really? a couple of times mm. at downtown, where he kind of he did the engineering, but I had to set up the SSL for him. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. But, and then, yeah. yeah, like talking like about downtown. So like, uh, like I know, like you work at like pretty like big name studios, like downtown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the reason for that is um, I kind of take my work seriously. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, it's kind of it's it's all about. I won't say the image, yeah, but the image plays a big role. Definitely. So not to talk this bad, right? But if I had to bring in a, someone like. Uh, CH2, mm-hmm. right, that I worked with. If I had to bring them here, they wouldn't really take me seriously because this is at a home. Yeah, definitely. Right? <laughs> so the other reason is buying gear is expensive. Mm-hmm. Right? Your microphones are expensive. Your ATDs are expensive. Definitely. <laughs> you know, all those nice fancy gear that everyone just dreams about. Mm-hmm. It's so expensive. And studios like Goliath and Downtown, you know, they've got it. And I don't pay for the studio. The client pays for the studio. Definitely, yeah. Right, so it's a one-month situation on the way. Mm. So, like, uh, like, like in regards to like, like working like with big studios. Like, uh, my first question like already comes in. Like, uh, how do you start? Like, like, so, so, like, if you would like imagine like someone who like just like finished his or her degree and, and like have like like they're like they're like like pumping out records. How do you like like uh, make that jump from working in home studios and project studios to actually working in the big, like the big room facilities? Uh, I'm. How did you do it? I'm. I'm kind of. You know. I'm. I'm a shy guy. Actually, uh, if you don't really know me, I'm, I'm actually very shy. But, <laughs> but what I'm good at is I'm good at networking. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. I. I don't know how I manage it, but I network like mad. Um, so, actually, how I started out, right? How I got to work on these these. Um, the reason, oops, <laughs> the reason why I'm actually I, I can work at these studios is because I understand how the gear works, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there's still a lot of students out there that you know they don't even know what what is a patch bay. Mm. They look at a patch bay, they're like, "Whoa, what's this thing? I don't know how to use it." Right. So at ASE, I used to abuse mm. the SSL, right? Uh, not really, but I used to you know abuse the time there. <laughs> I'd, I'd go into the room, I'd spend nights, days, you know, I'd, <laughs> I wouldn't sleep, you know, I'd, I'd work through the night mm. in the studio, go to class the next morning. And I heard, you know, downtown, you know, was busy, they, they were busy in the process of revamping it. Mm-hmm. And I always heard these stories, you know, Tim Croft speaking about downtown studios and Peter Poulsen. And so I thought, you know, let me just go and pay the place a visit, right? So I went into the office and I asked if I can speak to Levy. And Levy was kind of busy and just wait for me he said just wait for me so I waited about 10 minutes and spoke to him I told him listen Levy um, I've got a project you know at that stage I had a choir I wanted to record Mm. and um, he said you know our room isn't right yet and you know know, we're not sure how you can work and stuff so he said I'm just bringing my CV Mm. so I brought in my CV and had a chat with Daryl, and Daryl said, no, it's cool, uh, but I can't record the choir there now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I just kept on pushing through. Um, I just continuously network. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so, like, like uh, how many projects have you tracked at downtown, approximately? Uh, I have to think now. Um, Give Me Pigs was one of them. Mm-hmm. Just did an acoustic track. 
And then I had Hager some bang in there. Oh, really? Yeah. Recorded some drums in the live room and some bagpipes, also guitar. And I'm currently busy, busy with the Stephen Sky mm. in there, the folk yeah. music. And then I assisted Neil Cooney um, with the, another downtown studio winner. How did you get that gig? Which gig? The assistant gig. Uh, basically... I also spent a lot of time in that studio. Yeah. So, uh, when who was the engineer now? Uh, I can't remember his name, but uh, he had a session in there, big mm. session, big band. And uh, Daryl actually phoned me and asked me if I can come in and assist him. And while he was busy setting up on the Friday, he actually phoned me on the phone. It's like, how do I get sound of this console? <laughs> you know? And was so, this like, a, like a, with the duality? Yeah, the, yeah. the duality console. And so basically, I was the guy, the go-to guy, to get the console up and running, mm-hmm. to get sound out of the console. I also helped Peter Poulsen there mm. um, uh, with an artist called Petite Miller. Okay. Yeah. So I was kind of the go 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 to go to guy. Yeah, that's a good place to be. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. And like, uh, so like uh, the projects that you do there, or like most projects, you do, like uh, do you do it under your own business um, brand? Yes, uh, except for Steven Sky. Cool. Uh, he's a downtown studio owner. Okay. So uh, Daryl said, you know, um, I'm going to give this 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 uh, mm. recording or this production to you. Okay, guys cool. To handle. So like a. Uh, for the listeners, like if you don't know, like uh, <clears throat> uh, you run your studio under the word Lossless Audio. Is that correct? Uh, Lossless Production. Lossless Production. Yes. Very fancy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. So, like, uh, like when you like typically like uh, hook up like with a client, how do you like uh, convince them that like they need to like book out downtown like the massive studios? Like it's probably like next to Bob, like pro- like probably like one of the biggest studios in Africa. If I think about it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I don't. Con- I don't convince them to use uh, downtown. Mm. Uh, what I'll do is I'll tell them, listen, um, I work at various studios, mm. and you've got a choice. Mm. Uh, but my personal recommendation would be, say, for instance, Goliath for this project. Mm. And uh, all my clients know that I don't do recordings at my place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I always tell them, you know, if, if and another thing is, um, if the clients um, you know, actually book a studio like Goliath or Bob, or not Bob, uh, Downtown, mm. I actually know that they're serious about their project. Definitely, yeah. Because when I like first started out, uh, there was I was still studying, you know, I, I did some recordings at my at, at my place here, and you know, the people would rock up here late, would rock up here unprepared, and you know, that's <laughs> that's something I don't want to work with, you know. <laughs> So early, <laughs> early, early on, I decided, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, waste my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a, like one of like the best like tips, like everyone like ever gave me, like before I started, was like choose your clients wisely. Yeah, you know, and like, a, like, like I wish because like sometimes like like I'll be like, like not like paying attention very much to like who the client is or whatever, and then I'm just oh yes, just come like 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 come down, we'll do your thing, and then they come down, and it's like like I realized like what a big like mistake it was to like just like say yes to this client because what you charge them and what like the work you spend on it in like ended up like, like not in like proportion to each other. You know? yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, <clears throat> and also another thing is. Um, a lot of clients ask me how much do you charge per song and I've lost a lot of clients actually due to this fact because mm. I don't charge per song mm. and the reason being is uh, someone can come to you and say I'm not finished with the song the song can carry on for one year two years mm-hmm. three years mm-hmm. 
So brothers, I charge strictly per hour. Mm. So if they don't come prepared to the studio, it's not my problem. Exactly. It's, it's theirs. Yeah. That's a very interesting way to do it because yeah. I do it completely different and I've hit my head a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, even though I've, I've lost a lot of clients, I don't really mind. Mm. But but it works because like the clients you end up getting are people that, that actually are serious like about their craft. I see. That's yeah. my point. That's my point. You yes. Know. Well, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> And like, uh, like, like, moving on to like next question, like, uh, is is audio your only source of income? No, not. No. Uh, at the stage, no. Um, I'm lecturing as well. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, like, doesn't that count as audio? <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't count as audio. It counts as, as education. <laughs> but lecturing. it's 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 lecturing about audio. Yeah, lecturing yeah. about audio. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would love my main income to be just studio work, mm -hmm. uh, but unfortunately, it's not. My other source of income is uh, actually you know, electronic based. Yes, definitely. Yeah, so, so I want to talk about that. How did you get into electronics? Well, my family is actually uh, very technically. Um, what's the word for now? I'm looking for Inclined, word. maybe. Yeah. Uh, let's let's just call it technically focused. Right? Yes. <laughs> uh, my dad actually, you know, is. He actually designed, you know, the signaling system for Gautrain. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And my uncle is also an electronics uh, engineer. He designed stuff for the mine. Okay. And uh, my grandfather is actually also very technical. He's not, not electronics, though, but, you know, my family is very mm. technical. That's great. So from a young age, I you know, got to see how my uncle and my dad worked with electronics, you know. And... Also in, in school, I I did um, some programming, so that's how I got into that. Yeah, that's really cool. And like a like a, so like I saw like on Facebook like yesterday, like you're talking about actually like uh, selling some gear that you've made, or yes. or thinking about selling, and that was a, a power conditioner. Yes, a power conditioner. Yes. Like like a, like like in what phase of production is that kind of like design? Uh, it's basically almost done. Um, I just need to finalize uh, the casing. Mm -mm. My brother's actually going to do, you know, the, the drawings for me because nice. <laughs> I suck at that. <laughs> but yeah, the design is my own, and uh, yeah, the reason why I actually started to think of the power conditioner is because my Focusrite's power supply popped because of a power surge. Mm. And I was very disappointed and very sad, you know. Yeah, because that it, was actually it costs like, like a lot of money to repair, you know. Yeah. Like a, it, it like takes away like valuable time. Yeah. you could be using this piece of gear. Yeah. And um, I had a look on the net and I saw this firm and product, mm -hmm. firm products and search at search X products, and I just wanted to know how they work. Right, so I, I did a lot of research, like mm. really a lot of research. You don't understand. I I spent nights, you know, just searching the internet, browsing the internet, like 10, 11, 12 at night, you know. Don't, don't go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so basically what I wanted to do is um, uh, I want, uh, I kind of want to be competition for Furman, you know. Mm. Furman and Search X. Right? So that's that's how this idea started. That's out. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like, a, what other gear have you kind of bought, or like not bought, built? Um, uh, and, and 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 just kind of all like like not even like a like a do you do you plan on like long term into actually selling stuff you make? Yes, yes. Uh, well, at this stage, I modified my uh, console's power supply. Mm. Yeah, 
What do you mean like with modifier? Uh, the output voltage of the power supply is 17 volts. Okay. And the console's input voltage is only 15 volts. Okay. So I had to do some modifications to get the voltage down and have it you know, still deliver the amount of okay, um, cool. amps. Yes. Right. And and, and like uh, you're good friends with Devolt. Yes. Yes. No, yes. Devolt, like for you guys that don't know, like he's this, uh, this genius builder <laughs> yeah, like, and he built all kind of like cool gear um, yeah have you ever like uh, like had any like part of like any of, of his like designs or or uh, like things no. he's making no uh although i i actually bought one of his units oh really yeah what do you and think I about uh, actually uh he he uh built the fire cat right yes 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 and then from the fire cat he made those two baby cats right mm. so the fire cat's the stereo channel version mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the baby cats are the mono yeah. the one and channel version. this is mike priest mike priest yeah. sorry yes mike priest so i made a suggestion to devilt and said uh, you know i want an output knob you know so i want to mm. drive the valves and not have the you know output you know clipping my input you know? yeah. instead of just a minus 20 db pad you know i want to attenuate yeah so he incorporated that. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're we're looking we're looking at um, building some 500 series stuff. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like a, like a, so I haven't like been in South Africa much recently in like the past few years, um. But where I like lived in Australia, like the 500 series stuff like really took off. You know, like mm. like like most gear you can get a 500 series version of that. Like a, have you seen like like much 500 series racks in yeah. South Africa? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you own a? a a 500 series rack no I don't cool and like a, if you would get one which one would you get because there's like so much options like there's like the Lindell ones and the the lunch boxes and the <clears throat> uh, I think the API is the most common one mm -mm. right mm -hmm. and then you can slot in your own yeah that's uh, very cool yeah. yeah so I'll go for the APIs okay yeah yeah, that's really cool um, yeah and then like uh, like I'm really like keen to like hear like this this firecat um, that because like a uh, like Last night, like on Facebook, there was like this big discussion or like a uh, buying local gear opposed mm. to buying stuff from overseas, and like no one really knows the local gear. So yeah. then, like this one guy, pressure, like he suggested, no, we actually have a shootout and actually like compare this local gear and see how it stacks up, and have like a blind listen test. I'm quite keen to hear like how Devil's like stuff like owns up to the yeah the, the, the knees and the APIs. The Firecat has got for me, uh, it, it's got a lot of low mid um, information. Mm -mm. Um, it's I won't say uh, yeah you can say it's warm uh, although it's not really warm it's just a little bit brighter you know <laughs> but you can definitely hear it's it's a valve mm -mm. Uh, that's nice yeah. yeah so even the LA610 you can hear it's a valve you can hear the difference between the solid state and the valve mm -mm. and with the firecat you literally hear it's a valve yeah that's yeah. nice you yeah. literally hear it like the way like like that's really cool because like the way like I like think of gears like if I want a piece of gear I want a piece of gear that does one thing really good you know if it's like mm. a valve amplifier I want it to solve like a valve you know mm. if it's like a like a you know like something with a, like transformers like I want it to sound like transformers you know and like I just have it for that one purpose and like no okay cool if I want that sound I can go to that piece of gear and kind of mm. like like know what I'm gonna get like instead of just like having something that does like a little bit of everything and not doing anything particularly good you know <laughs> I I mm. used it on vocals. <coughs> Sorry, <clears throat> I use it in vocals, um, and I use it in bass guitar. Mm. And I actually took the the Firecat to Peter, um, one of his sessions, and he wanted to use it on uh, distortion, mm. electric guitars. And he said, "No, no, it's not going to work for this session. He wanted the SSL preamps, mm. you know." 
But yeah, you can yeah. definitely hear it's it's valve. That's nice. Yeah, <laughs> can check that out. And then like uh, like moving on like towards like the more like business aspect of learning stuff. Um, like would you have like any advice for kind of like newer people about networking? Seeing that you're such a successful networker, <laughs> uh, if you're going to network, uh, you you're going to spend money, um, whether it's on your fuel or buying your own lunch and stuff mm. like that. Uh, it's 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 all about that. Uh, usually, when I network or when I go to someone's studio, um, I'll tell them, "Listen, I'm, I just want to sit in on the session, right?" Mm -hmm. And or I literally drive to someone, um, like with Daryl now uh, at, at Open. Um, I went there today, and you know, from a house to Joburg, it's. I drove there, gave him my rubber microphone, told him, "Listen, I, I want you to use this." Mm. Right? So that's how I network. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, and then uh, how do you gain clients? In your opinion, like you don't have to go like into too much detail, but like like generally, like uh, how do you meet new clients? Uh, usually, it's by word of mouth, mm -hmm. and uh, like the guys from Haggis and Bomb, mm -hmm. um, Tom actually contacted me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And that's very really cool. Uh, the guys from CH Two, I actually met them through a guy called Keith. Okay. Who's a, a composer, a classical composer. Keith. Keith Hill? Uh, Keith Keith Moss. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Interesting guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's also a different story how I met him. I actually met him by accident on the cow train one day and <laughs> had my average, you know, lanyard on. He's like, <laughs> What's this? And like, oh no, like Pro Tools. Walking and talking like, advertisement for Avid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah. Like it's kind of cool to wear it, you know, like students like, Oh man, where can I get that? You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like uh, I think like like for me personally, like one of like the biggest challenges is uh is like having like that word of mouth because mm. like uh like I'm kind of aiming for like I want to do like that one record that's really nice mm. and then it kind of like sells itself you know people go oh that's amazing who engineered it you know and then people like start like hearing about you and go like, okay cool you know like we should contact that guy and like see like what he rate like what his like rates look like and stuff but at the moment like I have to like go out and constantly like you know like tell people oh I'm a recording engineer or I'm a producer you mm. know like uh Come record in my place. I won't charge you much money. <laughs> <clears throat> What's your favorite like recording you've ever made? Um, it's got to be the the bagpipes at Bob's. The bagpipe on Bob Studios. Yeah, really cool. Did yeah. you did you check in Studio A, like the, Studio the, One? The yeah. Studio One, like the massive, the massive live room. Yeah, definitely. Everyone's been talking about that room. Everyone that, that room is <laughs> amazing. You can literally put a microphone anywhere in that room. And it will sound good. Yeah, because like uh, like I was like watching, I think it was like on the Focus Ride documentary, but like they like did like a small feature on it, and they'd like like this it was probably like this German designer that came in like, all the way from Germany to like design this amazing mm. rooms. It's like it's such a pity like it's not being used more. Like every time I think Bob, I just want to cry inside because it's <laughs> it's so sad, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the inter interesting fact about that: all of the control rooms are exactly the same, mm. just with the different consoles. Mm. So and it's got like like the SSL. The Neve and then the the Focusrite console, mm -hmm. like, and they've got like amazing speakers, like like uh, all mounted, everything. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Someone should just like just like buy it and like like refurbish everything. <laughs> it's such a pity because it's like like from like the world's like base consoles and it's just like sitting there, oh, definitely broken. <laughs> you know, if they still have the the output gear there, yeah. They do. They've still got it, yeah. And is it still working condition? Uh, that you'll have to ask Devolt. Okay. Because yeah. uh, uh, he actually 
he's you know he's more in contact with, with um, the guys yeah at, at Bob. Okay. But uh, when we went there, we only used uh, three channels, mm. so we used a. No, I'm lying. We used more, five. So we used a uh, drama tube, stereo mm, tube. Mm, mm. We used the Firecat, and we used the SSL channel strip. Okay. Yeah. And you took that with? Or, or uh, just the Firecat, but just the rest the of the stuff from was, okay. was from And they were working? Yeah, yeah, the output. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's nice. Yeah, like we're actually like, like thinking, like, like Rob and I took a and track like album there and just like... Use like the room and and just take like a Pro Tools rig, you know. Mm. <coughs> the room is seriously amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, you will you'll cry when you when you walk in there <laughs> from happiness and sadness. <laughs> and sadness at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and then like uh, like you don't have to go like too personal, but like what's like the biggest like mistake you've made in your audio career? Uh, I do this usually, and I don't tell the clients about it. But <laughs> um, sometimes you know when you when you're busy. Uh, you re-record over some tracks in mm. Pro Tools and like, ah, shucks. And sometimes uh, you hit the record button and you don't record at all. You just hit the space bar. Like, <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Can we quickly do that again? Right, that was a cool take. Let's quickly do that again. Uh, my biggest mistake should be when I was a student, mm-hmm. uh, um, an M2 on the SSL. And the way the the cues or the headphones worked was we routed the the um, main bus to headphones mm. so we used to we used to push a button called quad to cues and I actually had some people in from outside and I just couldn't get the headphone mix working and I told them guys I'm so sorry I, I, I know you came all the way from Victoria <laughs> and I just can't get this working and I, I told them listen you know there's a lot of people working on this and I think they damaged the console and they were so upset with me and I felt so bad. I felt like a complete failure. And when they left, I kind of, I just played this music through and I had a look and I saw that this button was not And it lit. was only one button. Only one button. Oh. That was probably my biggest mistake. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> something, something so small. Yeah, it's like, so stupid. The moral of the story, learn your signal right. <laughs> <laughs> Can you like ruin a session if you let yeah. it go? <laughs> Hopefully they, they aren't listening to this now. They'll be so mad at me. I can imagine. <laughs> um, cool. And then like, uh, do you have any... So like uh, you've had two, I want to say like businesses, but like two brands that you've mm. kind of like worked uh, under. Like the first was Loudberry. Yes, Loudberry. Yes. What happened to Loudberry? Like uh, a... <laughs> Okay, so um, I started Loudberry, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, there was a, a student from ASE that wanted to work with me. And my vision and his vision, um, you know, I didn't have the vision he had, and, and he didn't follow my vision. Mm. So I registered a PTY Limited, and we. We got to the, you know, uh, we didn't fight, you know, Mm-mm-mm. didn't fight at all. Uh, but eventually I told him, you know, just buy my PTY and I'll go my way and you can go your way. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, so. I need to put this off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's interesting because like, uh, like something like, I wish like 
someone would like tell me like when I started down the audio thing is about how much of of actually like running a business it is like being an audio engineer you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like there's not yeah. like really like a like much like salary paying jobs going around these days mm. you know <laughs> yeah, I, no, definitely if, if you want to make it in, in in the audio industry in South Africa you have to do your own thing definitely that's one thing that I I learned uh, you know, way back Mm-mm. and and your like uh, your lossless audio productions yeah and that's going like uh, would you say like like it's going good <coughs> uh, at the moment <coughs> sorry at the moment I'm quiet mm-hmm. last month I couldn't keep up with work mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah like I think like like it's like that like with most businesses like the past yeah. two months I had nothing and then like this past three weeks <laughs> I had more clients than I've had the entire year you know and, like, yeah. <laughs> and I still I still have to finish up you know some of the editing stuff mm. and uh but you know my my electronic side you know, stuff is is keeping me busy Mm-mm-mm. you know so are you going to be like uh, like doing that under under the same brand no no, no. um the other brand for electronics is going to be lossless technologies nice <laughs> yeah so i think i think it's a cool that's name. a very cool name yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay cool and then like a like a bigger picture in south africa like uh do you think there's like still a future for like the big like uh like the big like commercial studios like the, with like multiple rooms multiple control like con- like control rooms like the massive no. studio complex no you don't think no. so Un- unless it's funded by the government mm. like, like uh, downtown like with downtown and yeah sabc uh I think those days of the big consoles are over. Yeah, it's kind of sad though. Like, it's I just definitely remember, like, sad. Uh, like the first time, like, uh, like I walked into like studios, like here one in Sydney, you just walk in there, like, wow, look at these gold records, all mm. these platinum records, and this massive seventy-two channel SSL <laughs> console. It's just amazing, you know. It's just like the sense of awe to it, you know. Where like uh, nowadays, like you walk into like a studio and it's like a Mac with a UAD card, like it's not mm. that impressive, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, um, I also see the studios, you know, going digital like mm. full-on digital uh even though if, if it's not plugins it's their converters right? mm-hmm. so you'll have audio over ethernet you know which mm. focus on Dante, yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of studios yeah. are going to go that route the rating system is quite impressive yeah definitely mm. definitely yeah that's really cool and so like, like uh do you think like like if that's like because like i think most Audio, like audio sectors or like, like sectors in the audio industry is kind of like moving re- like very digital and stuff mm. like uh, do you still think there is like a like a future for analog consoles and analog gear and analog compressors definitely mm. definitely uh, if you take someone like uh, Dave Grohl for instance mm-hmm. he's still full on analog yeah, he's full tape yeah <laughs> and there is still you know like the big artists in South Africa will still prefer, you know, mm. working on analog gear. And a lot of the engineers will still work on analog gear, mm. even though if it's not the original, mm-hmm. you know, like Jacob. Um, oh, like uh, with the, the warm audio stuff, yeah. 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 There's yeah. a reason why engineers are still buying that stuff. Yeah. There's a reason for it, you it's know. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, definitely, you know, even though if it's not large format consoles, you know, output mm. gear will still live on. Mm. Yeah, most definitely. I don't think so, yeah. Most definitely. Mm. You know, that's what I'm aiming towards as well, you know, yeah. kind of creating uh, analog gear. Yeah. 
you know, and mm. like uh, like what I, I, I like mentioned like just now it's like like, the, like you just like feel like like if you're like a client right and you're like paying someone to do your record and you like walk into the studio and they only have a computer like it doesn't really like like inspire like a sense of confidence that this person mm. is actually an engineer in the sense of the yeah. word you know but yeah. like when you're like walking there's lots of outboard gear and stuff you don't understand and like it's all these buttons and lights flashing and stuff like, <laughs> or, like this person obviously knows like what they're doing because they have all this gear <laughs> yeah that's why I bought this console you know <laughs> even though it's not it's 100% pretty, yeah. functional now is when people walk in here like oh, like, oh wow it's a console yeah, yeah. definitely <laughs> yeah, it's like something like pushing yourself on the one side the other side you know like yeah. reaching for the EQ there <laughs> the other side yeah and so like uh, like like if you can kind of like uh, like think like the way like you kind of like took your career path and like uh, going through like to school and like where you are now um, what kind of like advice would you give to to new engineer producers that like wants to like work in the studio full time uh, if you if you're going to study right you mm. should ask yourself a question and that is, um, how dedicated are you going? You know, mm -hmm. How dedicated are you? How much do you want to make this? Right? How much do you really want to make a living from this? Uh, because it's not easy. It's seriously not easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, ask Daryl um, from Open Room. Uh, just ask him how long it took him to get where he is now. And uh, the second question is, you need to ask your parents how long are they willing to support you? <laughs> Definitely. Seriously, <laughs> I'm not joking. You need to ask. You need, you need, you need to think about that. You know, uh, the other thing that you need to think about is is your future. You know, there's there's no um, uh, medical age advantages. There's no pension. Mm. Right. It's all the stuff you need to take into into consideration. Mm. Uh, just make hundred percent sure you really want to do this because mm -hmm. the market is so saturated with. A lot of engineers and oh, a lot of everyone has a studio nowadays, you know. Yeah, and a lot of and a lot of good engineers, you know. Mm. Uh, and there's actually a lot of engineers out there, that, you know, that produce good music out of the bedrooms, right? And that's that's the mindset going around now. So um, a lot with, with my clients as well. The reason why I lose my clients is because I charge in studio fees. Mm. So their mentality is, why do I need to pay you? to go and record at the studio if I can record at this kind at his house. Right? That's that's the mentality going mm -hmm. around these days. And definitely network. Network, mm. network, network. Oh. And uh, don't be a douchebag. Definitely. Don't, R don't rule number one. <laughs> don't be a douchebag. Seriously. Because this industry is so small. Mm. Uh, definitely so Word small. Word gets around fast. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. D don't be a douchebag. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay, kids. I think like uh, that was like very nice, like talking to you, Sean, and like very insightful. Okay. And uh, I you. hope our audience like uh, are able to like take something away from this. Yeah. Sorry for the dogs barking in the background. The dogs barking. Sure <laughs> <laughs> cool. Until next time. Thank Thanks. you so much. Cheers. <laughs>